encouraging, inspiring, and empowering mothers on their parenting journey. Welcome to the Oh Baby podcast. Being a mum can be overwhelming and unrelenting, we know. Each episode, we'll be bringing you the top tips, advice, and words of wisdom from experts and industry leaders to help you navigate your own path. It's the information you can trust. Mama, you got this. Hello and welcome to the O Baby podcast. I'm Angela Peterson, founder of O Baby and mum of three and really excited about the year ahead in this podcast. Uh, We did take a bit of a gap in between our last one and the holidays and, you know, with the holidays and stuff, but we're back and yeah, new year ahead with a great season, uh, summer season of podcasts coming up. Uh, if you have topics that you're interested in us talking about uh, and interviewing our experts on, then please send us a DM through our Instagram page, that's at Magazine, or email us info at obaby.co.nz. Uh, just a quick note to say that our summer issue is in stores now and available to buy online. Um this issue has just so much goodness in it. I absolutely love it. We have um, like in the pregnancy section, we have oh, so much good stuff. Um, an article on the silly, like the holiday season swaps. So, you know, it's what to eat during pregnancy, the things you can't eat, but what you can swap it out for. So instead of soft cheese, use aged cheddar, instead of cocktails, mocktails. So yeah, looking at all of those kind of alternatives that mean that you don't necessarily have to miss out entirely when you're pregnant. Um, Getting yourself, your mind and your body ready for birth. raising resilient kids, uh, baby wearing options, gorgeous maternity and kids fashion, ditching the day sleep, that's a hot topic, that was one that I really missed, (laughs) raising resilient kids, I've already said that, anyway, so parties, food, fashion, kids rooms, recipes, it's all in there, and this issue, you also get a free calendar, 2023 calendar from Resine, it's got these gorgeous uh, local picks, um, like prints um, for uh, the summer and just gorgeous stuff. But you can also, once, you know, that month's been and gone. I love this one. It's Piha. Um, once the month's been and gone, you can rip it off and pop it in an A4 frame and pop it on the wall, which is great. Um, so, yeah, that's in stores online and, um, yeah, free calendar. So get it now. Uh, so on to our podcast. Today we have the wonderful Gina Ehrlich. Gina is a mum of four and a clinical nutritionist based in Hawke's Bay. Gina's been in work uh, in private practice now for 10 years, specializing in women's health, hormones, uh, fertility, pregnancy and postpartum, and also infant nutrition. Um, after the birth of her fourth baby, go you. Uh, She developed a baby food uh, brand Nourish, which is uh, sold through Australia and New Zealand. Uh, Welcome, Gina. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What an intro. (laughs) Wow, it's very impressive, especially being a mum of four and uh, 
you know, starting your own business and, you know, starting a baby food range and working, you know, with, with mums and bubs, um, with your own uh, private practice as well. You're yeah, that's amazing. Go you. Like, thank you. I feel <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, so tell me more about you. Um, where, where do I start? So I started my career, um, straight out of school, went into nursing and, um, that was in Perth in Australia and then worked in maternity and women's health, gynae oncology wards in the hospital um, between nursing and pathology in um, South Brisbane at the Mater Mothers Hospital. And it was probably during that time that I felt a real calling to learn a lot more about preventative medicine. And um, I just, I guess what we were serving mums with gestational diabetes in hospital didn't really align with my values. So I felt like I had to learn a lot more. And I went and did a Bachelor of Health Science and Nutritional Medicine um, in Australia. And it was during that time in the student clinics where I just felt a real passion for women's health and was probably living and breathing it myself as well. Um, my journey through motherhood and and being a working mum, kind of experiencing the same things as a lot of my clients. So I learned a lot about health for myself and then was able to put that into practice for my clients. And um, I've been working in private practice for the last 10 years, really specialising in women's health conditions, um, which naturally leads into infant nutrition because a lot of the time we're supporting women through pregnancy and having babies. Um, and then after the birth of my fourth baby, Billy, I I actually thought I was going to have some downtime and have a bit of a break. And she was a really great sleeper, which I'd never experienced before. And I thought this is a little bit boring. I might um, write a book. So I started writing a little ebook on starting solids and that really took off. And I saw a real interest for parents looking for information on what to feed their babies kind of outside that mainstream recommendation. And then this kind of just really opened up a can of worms for me. Parents were really looking for ingredients or foods to feed their baby, but were also kind of going back to work in that postpartum period as well and a little bit time poor. So I started looking into commercial baby food and what was available and felt that we could do something a little bit better in the commercial baby food space in terms of convenience and nutrition. So, and Nourish was born out of that. So it's been it's been a quite a ride quite a journey but um loving every minute of it as well wow so good that's amazing so good and and when you're really passionate about something it it a shows in you know the brand and in the product but also just helps to drive you and you know what you're doing as well it's like that you know your why is just so good Absolutely. It almost doesn't feel like work when you're really passionate about something and it, you feel motivated and, and driven. And, and Nourish has always been a kind of purpose-led brand um, that we can provide something really good. And, and that's been the driver behind it. So yeah, it, it has been fun. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. So starting solids, hot topic. <laughs> it was, it's always a hot topic. Um shall we start from the beginning when do we start what are the signs tell us about that yeah so when we look at babies there really isn't a magic number or age to say start feeding your baby at this particular date or at this age because babies are all so different so I really encourage parents to lean into 
their baby's developmental cues. So your baby will really show you when they're ready. And if it's at five months, six months, seven months, um, it doesn't matter. Your baby will really show you. So probably the first cue that you'll notice with little ones is that they will start showing an interest in food. They'll be looking at you eating and leaning forward, opening their mouth. And it's really cute. And you want to give them food straight away because they look like they're absolutely itching to eat food. Um, but that's not the standalone cue. That's probably one of the first things we see. And then second to that is that babies start sitting up unassisted. So this means that they've got that core strength. They're able to move food through the digestive tract. Um, and then also they've got that core strength and head head strength to be able to sit up and reduce or mitigate that risk of choking as well. So that's really important to make sure that your baby can sit up in a high chair so that they can eat. Um, another one is making sure that they've lost a tongue thrust reflex. So if you put a bit of food into a baby's mouth, they'll naturally push it out. And we're born with this mechanism as a, a choking mechanism so that we don't choke on things, which is really clever of us. And babies naturally lose that tongue thrust reflex around the same stage that we're ready to start eating. So popping a little bit of puree in your baby's mouth and watching if they pop it back out or if they actually start chewing it um, will tell you if they're ready for solids as well. Um, and then uh, just remembering that it is new to them. So if they are going to put something in their mouth and pull a funny face or that it's a different texture that they've not experienced before, um, just really understanding that this is a new thing that they're learning how to do and, and really leaning into their cues and what they're telling us. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. Actually, I, I have flashbacks to like, yeah, just that testing of when they're ready and the spitting out. Now I can totally picture that. Like, no, not ready. Okay, I'll wait a bit. Um, I always had in my mind, I think it's like who code are just like, or, you know, are all about six months plus, like six months plus. And so, you know, as soon as they turned six months, that when, that's when I was suggesting it. But so many of my friends, you know, due to milk supply or just really hungry babies you know they were starting earlier but um yeah that that kind of is the the the, the yeah they make sense in terms of you know sitting up and the diaphragm and yeah that's yeah so I've yeah. learned something new today <laughs> oh good good <laughs> and I think sometimes like when babies aren't sleeping through the night and um parents mm. are thinking oh they must be waking up hungry introducing food could actually add another dimension of them not sleeping as well. If if that's a new thing for them to be able to digest and process food or um, so there's something else going on, then we're masking that. So I think really looking for those developmental signs is telling us that our babies are developmentally ready to start digesting food. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, that their, their um, gut and all the enzymes in their stomach are actually at the stage where they can start breaking down um, different different proteins and carbohydrates and fats and things like that too so um yeah I really encourage parents not to go too soon and, and to really wait until they're showing all those signs yeah yeah so um you know from when they begin at the sort of you know that six months ish sort of age range what are the essential nutrients that a baby needs from from then on and yeah, and I think this is probably where that kind of six-month mark um, comes into play because we know from around six months, babies start losing their iron stores. So um, 
that's probably why we lean into that six month mark. But it is naturally that six month mark when they start showing those developmental cues, but then also those iron stores start declining as well. So iron, first and foremost, would be one of those essential nutrients that you really want to focus on. And looking at how much iron a baby actually needs is actually incredible. It's a lot of iron. So a baby needs 11 milligrams of iron opposed to an adult male who needs eight. So if we think about the portion size that a little baby would be eating, like one or two teaspoons at a meal compared to a, a piece of steak that dad might be eating, um, it's a big difference in uh, their portion size, but actually a big difference in the amount of nutrients they need as well. So saying that really leaning into those nutrient dense foods that are easily for a baby to digest and absorb and also containing um, really concentrated forms of iron as well and then we can also do things like pairing foods so having an iron rich food like liver or beef or chicken or if you're a vegetarian some of those lentils and pulses and things like that but pairing it with vitamin c rich foods which really helps that absorption as well so all those synergistic nutrients yeah so how do you get yeah. 11 milligrams of iron into a couple of teaspoons what sort of foods are, are going into that it's the it's, it's meats but is that pureed because they don't have teeth they can't chew on this like what does that look like yeah, so we can we can use puree. So those really easily digested forms of iron is in our heme iron. So that's in meat sources and animal products. So liver gram for gram is one of the most nutrient dense foods on the planet. We know that liver has lots of nutrients um, and is easy for a baby to digest. And then things like your red meats and um, poultry, like chicken thighs and things like that, is also really easy for a baby to digest. Um, and then pairing it, as I said, with those vitamin C rich foods is going to help the absorption of that iron if we're looking at a vegetarian or a plant-based family um, then it is a little bit harder to get those nutrients in and the preparation of those nutrients of those ingredients is going to really help so soaking your lentils and pulses to kind of break down that phytic acid and make it more accessible or more digestible for babies is going to really help as well and then again pairing it with those vitamin c rich foods so those are kind of like these are first foods to begin with Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We tend to think about fruit as a first food, but I really think that we need to focus on those nutrients or those ingredients that contain those um, nutrients like iron and, and all the other essential nutrients that babies need. And meat is actually really easy for a form of food for a baby to digest and it's non-allergenic as well so it's a great first food it can often be a little bit scary and people parents worry about choking and things like that but it is actually a fabulous first food to feed babies wow wow that's interesting i can't think of anything worse than liver but you know if they haven't tried anything then mm. i've got nothing to yeah. compare it to if you haven't given them this sweet delicious fruit yet <laughs> then and that probably like if we think about around five to six seven months there's this flavor window is a, a window of opportunity where you can really train your baby's palate to be open to different flavors as well and yeah. so if we're just feeding our babies kind of plain bland or sweet foods then they're going to be really um 
driven to be to favor those kind of foods in the future as well so offering a really diverse palette from the get-go um, whether it be liver or um, salty sour spicy foods like that that's going to really help your baby to have a, have a diverse palate and be open to different flavors oh can we expand this topic so tell me about the flavor window what sort of you know like what type of flavors like yeah so if we breast milk is breast milk's naturally sweet and babies naturally have a sweet palate and they will favor sweet food um so if we go straight into feeding sweet purees of like pureed apple and pear and mashed banana and things like that, um, then they're going to be more uh, driven or more uh, favorable to have sweet foods. If we're starting to offer foods like salty, whether it be in like olives or capers or spicy things, like a little bit of spice, a little bit of ginger, um, those kind of foods, um, sour, like lemons, uh, grapefruit, uh, bitter, like your leafy greens, asparagus, all those kind of vegetables that have different flavors, um, then they're going to be more open. And when we can really get this flavor window between the time that they start introducing food, that kind of first two months of introducing solids, they are going to be more open to having a diverse palate. And, and you just keep offering these foods on repeat. They're, they're going to be more willing to eat these foods later in life mm-hmm. and kind of avoid that uh, fussy toddler stage that we probably all know too well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking right now is I probably – yeah, I mean, I remember making my own um, baby food for a while and, and pureeing everything and being so motivated and putting them in, you know, the freezer and little, you know, ice cube size things. And and, and my daughter hated it. <laughs> I was like, I put in all this effort and you're eating yeah. fruit purees all the time or the, you know, I, I think I got like porridges and bits and bobs, which which wasn't too bad. Or like a, a carrot mixed with some apple pure, you know, like it was just all mm-hmm. the sweet ones. And so, yeah, raising what could have been, well, what has was with my second and third kind of fussy eaters. My first, she's good. And even now she's pretty good, but, but yeah, yeah right. into fussy, fussy toddler. Yeah. yeah. Really wanting the sweet things. Yeah. Yeah. So being more. And when we look at so yeah, when we look at a lot of commercial food that we see on our supermarket shelves, they do have um, a lot of fruit-based products or even the, the rice cereal that's fortified with synthetic iron. We know that that rice is a really hard grain for babies to digest, but then the synthetic iron they put into that as well. Um, what we see in our clinic is really constipated babies or lots, lots of gastrointestinal upsets because one, it's a really hard grain for them to digest, but then that synthetic iron is also really constipating and can make it really hard for them to digest as well and be quite aggravating. Um, so when we're pairing like this synthetic uh, fortified foods in bland rice or in sweet fruit purees, we're missing out on a lot of those essential nutrients, which could then create a lot of gastrointestinal upset as well, which we really don't want to see in little ones. And that's when we see some of those sleep patterns happening outside of that because we like the gastrointestinal system is a little bit uh, aggravated 
So I think when we can really lean into those whole foods and those really nutrient-dense whole foods, um, we can support the digestion of those nutrients, but then also supporting our baby's developing digestive system as well, because it is immature, it is just developing, and, and they are having these foods for the first time. So we want to make sure that they're in a form that it is easily for them to digest and not causing any upset. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So interesting. And so, you know, I mean, gosh, it, it does flow on to sort of everything, doesn't it, really? Um, and and I've, I've heard it said that, you know, our gut health, you know, help, affects, you know, our moods, our, you know, energy levels. It's, you know, the way we think. Um, how do we set our little ones' gut health up for thriving? Yeah, so as I just mentioned, really leaning into those whole foods, um, which is going to be easy for them to digest, and then just really concentrating on some of those essential nutrients. So outside of iron, we've also got um, all those healthy fats. So things like avocado, olive oil, ghee, butter, um, coconuts, nuts and seeds, they're all beautiful nourishing fats that's going to support uh, their their gut integrity but then also when we think about the development that's happening in those first two years of life a little baby is literally going from rolling to running and then babbling to talking and that's huge development that's dependent on nutrients from our food and specifically fat like we think about the amount of fat that's um, in our brains and how reliant we are on this in our dietary as a dietary source to really support this extreme developmental phase. Um, so really um, leaning into those nutrient dense high fat foods as well is great. Um, and then when we're looking at the gut, things like bone broth is fabulous. So bone broth has all those uh, amino acids that help seal that gut integrity. When we're born, we have what's called a leaky gut, and that's so that all those beautiful um, immunoglobulins and antibodies and all that, uh, those beautiful nutrients and breast milk can easily pass into the bloodstream and we can easily absorb those nutrients. But as we start introducing solids, those gap junctions in the stomach start to close up a bit and that stops us from getting food intolerances and, and things like bone broth really help seal that gut as well. Um, so bone broth is a fabulous addition to, to starting solids. And then also looking at uh, probiotic rich foods. So things like kefir or uh, your sauerkrauts um, or using a probiotic um, capsule and mixing it into purees and things like that. That's also another great way to support that microbiome. And we know that microbiome has that flow on effect to our immune health and our mental health and all those things as well. So it can feel like a really overwhelming and big topic, but just to simplify it and, and pull back a little bit, I think, making your baby a whole foods baby is probably the easiest way to look at it and to really just look at those nutrient dense whole foods and then kind of steering clear of any of those synthetic vitamins or, or things with preservatives and additives in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because it kind of goes um, opposite to what we were having raised in in terms of you know our food habits and, and that kind of thing I actually um uh, not last year the year before started on the keto um diet and I knew I couldn't do it on my own and I'd totally fail so I had a keto coach and she talked me through you know here I am like eating no fat this and no fat that and you know all of that kind of stuff and she's like 
you know, you have to change your mindset on fats because absolutely healthy fats are incredibly important. And so, you know, getting rid of the canola oils and the sunflower oils and and all of those, you know, your olive oil, your, your avocado, your butter and ghee, ghee, ghee. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, and for me, like even just like eating, fats and thinking oh my gosh I'm gonna lose weight was just so like this is just it, it still takes a mind shift day eh? like I'm just like well absolutely yeah. it's, it's been great it's been great and life changing in so many ways my clarity of mind is better um uh, you know I've got lots of energy you know and I just think gosh if I had started my kids off with that not keto but <laughs> but fat, you know, yeah. eating whole foods good fats you know um what a better start that would have been not that nothing is unchangeable you know if we mm-hmm. if we've got into those bad habits we can get out of them and, and start it you know there is a bit of a rough patch at the beginning you know the getting we used all do to yeah and change yeah. Yeah. And I think to always remember that we always do the best with what we know at the time. Like I think back to like my oldest is 15 and I didn't know these things 15 years ago, but, um, and I look back and think, oh, I would have done things differently back then, but we absolutely do the best with what we know. And if if you're listening to this thinking, oh, I, I didn't do that and I wish I had, or, um, don't don't beat yourself up or be hard because I think it's just um we we grow as we learn and we and we keep adapting to those um, new learnings as well it's so true it's that's absolutely true and you know being kind to ourselves and not beating ourselves up is very important so yes don't anyone feel guilty based on what I've just said um and (laughs) I've got a 17 year old a 15 year old and a 13 year old now and my journey um, has inspired them and um, what I learn I pass on and they they've, they know better now you know and and I think it's in that learning um, you know that they get to learn and, and take what what I've learned on with them and on their journey and on their you know eating you know because they control what they put in their mouths ultimately in the end mm. you know, from yeah. now on um, yeah not that they make great choices all the time still, but they're inspired, you know? Um, but yeah, starting off well is, is so good. Um, one thing I wanted to ask was, um, which I, you know, we may have kind of gone past, but I want to, I'll bring it back up was, um, the difference between a spoon fed and baby lead weaning. Tell me about that. Yeah, so this comes up a lot. Um, We get this question often and um, it's good to kind of unpack it because there's definitely no right way to feed your baby and no wrong way as well. And I think, again, following your baby's cues, every baby is so different and what one baby does, another baby may not. And I can see that with my four children, they've all done things so differently. So um, spoon feeding obviously is feeding your baby with a spoon and baby lead weaning is when you offer finger foods and baby can feed themselves. Um, Or you can do a combination of both and spoon feed your baby and then also let them feed themselves as well. And they do both have their pros and cons. So spoon feeding from the research that's been done has said that babies do get more nutrients from spoon feeding because they are getting more in their mouth. Um, But baby led weaning offers that developmental um, milestones as well so that they're learning that pincer grip and they're learning how to take food to their mouth and, and eat themselves as well, which is really important. 
So if you are watching your baby and they're really fussy at the spoon and they're not wanting to eat um, and then you give them, just put it on their uh, high chair tray and then they just love feeding themselves, then definitely lean into that as well and let them go for it. And, and there's lots of different safe ways of letting your babies uh, eat foods like meat as well as a baby led weaning method. If you were to slow cook your meat or make it soft enough that they can break it up or even mints and things like that, they can definitely still use baby lead weaning methods um, and then also um, safely without the fear of choking as well. Yeah. Um, one thing that we do suggest is if you do make up a puree or even with some of the nourish purees is, and they do like to feed themselves is that you can load the spoon for them. So you put the puree on the spoon and then they can feed themselves or you can put it into one of those little silicon feeders and they can suck it out as well, which is really great. Um, or then even using it as a dip. So you can have some veggie sticks and, and your little puree as a dip. Kids love to dip for some reason and they can dip it in and suck it off a carrot stick or a piece of celery or something like that. Um, but there's many ways to kind of combine the two. And I think just really following your baby's cues and seeing seeing what they prefer. Yeah, yeah. I think I started spoon and then eventually they were kind of just going for the spoon themselves. Like, give that to me. Yeah. I've got this. You know, I've got this all over my face, but you know, and everywhere else. But I know. <laughs> And it's normally just to pop them in the bath at the end because it's such a messy process, but it's so good to let them get messy and, and to explore those, the textures and rubbing it on their face and things like that too. So yeah, if you're a type A parent like me and you're like, oh, don't make a mess. I think the easiest thing is to just chuck them in the bath at the end. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. We've got so many photos of just, you know, orange faces or beach yeah. all over faces and yeah. You know. Just the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. So I'm just trying to think, is there anything else I've missed? What to look for in sort of, you know, what we're seeing in the supermarket. What do we look out for? What what are the best things we can get? What are some things to avoid? Tell me about yeah. that. We kind of kind of touched on this a little bit. So I think looking at the ingredients first and foremost, what what's turn that packet over and have a look on there because the front can be a little bit greenwashed or misleading and it can be an overwhelming space in the baby food aisle um, when you've got organic or natural or all these things jumping out at you. Um, so definitely turn the packet over and have a look at the ingredients first and foremost and look to see if those ingredients are providing some of those essential nutrients. Um, if we're seeing a fruit puree with apple and pear or um, even pumpkin and carrot, we know that there's not going to be any iron in there um, or it's, it's not got those essential fats as well. So um, having a look at those nutrients or those ingredients is important. And I'm, I'm not opposed to to fruit or vegetables, but on their own, they're just not providing their iron or um, those fats as well. So uh, making sure that they're providing those nutrients. Looking for sugar to be under six grams per serve is really important. And even if we don't see sugar as an added ingredient, uh, fruit concentrate can add a massive load of sugar to your baby's diet. And as I was starting to look into commercial baby foods, I noticed that some of the, the baby foods have around 16 to 20 grams of sugar per serve. And if babies are being fed these multiple times a day, it's a big lot of sugar each day for a little baby to consume. So having a look at that sugar content and, and looking for 
products that aren't based on fruit alone, making sure there's some other ingredients in there. Um, and then trying to lean away from synthetic vitamins as well. We know that they're really hard for babies to digest. So those kind of fortified products can be really difficult to digest. Um, and then also keeping away from those preservatives and additives. And sometimes this might look like rosemary extract or um, even citric acid, um, which isn't from an orange. <laughs> so, um, or any kind of numbers or additives on the back of the packaging as well. So just steering away from those. And especially while babies are so little, and their, their little bodies are so susceptible to these kind of um, ingredients that they don't really need. Um, yeah, mm. be, be savvy of that packaging. Flip it over and look at the back. Yeah. So yeah. if you were to do it all over again, your baby is coming up to that, you know, first food milestone, what would, what would the first meal be that you'd prepare? Um, first and foremost, just a couple of single ingredients. So if I was just to fork mash a little bit of avocado or fork mash a little bit of pumpkin or something like that. Um, and then even like you just mentioned before, great, uh, adding liver sounds really yucky but what we can do is um you can get frozen liver and you can literally just grate it and then mix it into some cooked pumpkin or some cooked vegetable and it literally dissolves in there so the actual process of cooking that meat isn't too difficult as well um so once i've tolerated some single ingredients like avocado or a bit of vegetable or a bit of meat or something like that then you can start combining all those nutrients um all of those ingredients Genius. Yeah, yeah. It's like hiding your veggies and stuff. But I know. Hiding the liver. <laughs> wonder if my kids would know now if I had some liver in their meals. <laughs> well, I hide a lot of liver in my kids' meals, actually. We And that was kind of, um, which was inspired a lot of the Nourish products. So the Nourish purees are a freeze-dried puree and we you mix the powder with water and it reconstitutes back to its whole food form. And we've got bone broth and liver and vegetables and things like that in there. But one of the other products is a meal booster. And I've got a really fast kid that doesn't like dinner too much and has a few mouthfuls and he's done um so the meal booster has liver in it and it's got bone broth and some veggies and things like that so you can really kind of pimp up that dinner and make it really <laughs> nutrient dense um, like without having to process all that or cut up all those really tiny bits of liberal food and veggies and things like that too so good so good mm -hmm. and you know what it sounds like that would actually benefit me for my lunch my lunch meal or something you know yeah bone yep. broth is also great for collagen you know yep. we're all yep. about that at my age yes, <laughs> not the collagen I'm good at that yep. <laughs> yep, sure. oh, oh, so good hey it's been awesome speaking to you at the end of each session we ask this question uh what uh well, now let me just suss that one up uh what is one thing that you swore you would never do before you were a parent that you do that you did uh that I do now yeah or that um, you, do, you know let me have a think I'm not too sure I think I probably more Maybe it's the screen time. I, maybe I thought that my kids would be on less screens, but sometimes it's like a little babysitter where I need to get something done. Um, and yeah, I think even going out in public and having a coffee with a friend and having a phone there sometimes is just a 15-minute lifesaver. <laughs> yeah, 
I hear yeah. you. I think that's uh, very common. That is not yeah. the first time I've heard that one. Oh, good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did share last time that my first child may or may not have had a slightly American accent for a while based on the amount of screen time she was having. So we we reduced that pretty quickly when people are like, oh, have you been yeah. to America? Well, you know, as lovely as America is not. <laughs> No, we've been to Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah, Isla was actually very similar with Peppa Pig and had quite an uh, English accent for a little while. And I was like, well, that's a good sign that there's been enough of Peppa Pig. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, read the signs. Enough yep. for screen time. Yep. Uh, so good. Oh, well, it's been great to chat to you. And um, we can to, you know, catch up again on other topics with you. So um, if anyone listening is wanting to talk about, you know, women's hormonal health and, and, and nutrition or, you know, other things around, you know, your fussy eaters and, and, you know, there's probably a whole nother topic, actually. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there, yeah. Uh, email us info at obaby.co.nz DM us on our Insta page at obaby magazine and um, yeah we'll bring Gina back and uh, ask the questions so yeah so good to have you and uh, yeah thanks for being with us thanks for having me okay thank you see ya Thanks for listening to the Oh Baby podcast. If you've found this episode useful and encouraging, make sure to share it with your village so that more mothers can feel empowered. Head to obaby.co.nz for more from us and don't forget to subscribe. Mama, you got this. Till next time.